Welcome to another episode of the Week Pastor Podcast, where we view Christianity through the lens of vulnerability. Welcome to the Week Pastors Podcast. Thank you, Sua, for being an amazing composer. You guys should see what she just did before we went on live here. Uh, but you are yeah, great. Yeah, I give composer. you a one, two, three, go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. One, I'm gonna two, get you a little, three. a little wall next time, so you can, you know, you can just <laughs> you be like this. For us, or Tell me when to start, us? when not to start. I feel like we should yeah, make a yeah. theme song. I feel like maybe speaking of composing, do you know any friends who can write us a song? But being a yeah, I pastor. do have some friends who might be able to do something. Uh, but then you maybe you could sing because I you probably have a good singing voice. No, you have a good speaking voice. So you must have a good singing voice. They don't always go hand in hand. You have a they nice speaking voice, but didn't you say you have? But did you say that you were a? Be- you <laughs> no, said you I think were I not pretty decent. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well. Yeah. Well, Yo, put, me we'll in a, uh, put me in a karaoke machine. And put a lot. Put up that reverb, and I sound pretty <laughs> decent, man. Do you, I, I when we used to go so much, we used to do so much karaoke mm. when I was in my preteen teen years and you know when boys are going through their voice change in like puberty yeah it like sounds weird. so much like you know yeah. their voice would just crack all the time when they would hit those the high time. notes that you know proper etiquette is to always play the odd the the, the clapping noise in the background yeah. every time their yeah. voice yeah. breaks you know when i was in high school i went to great adventure and and back in the day like you could you pay money and you they would they would make you, it's like a karaoke, but they would record and you'll get it on a cassette tape. Oh, that's kind of cool. And so, and I've always, and back then I thought I was a fantastic singer. So I was like, oh my gosh, I got to do this. So I did, I did. And I sang the song called Just Once. Sing it for us. <laughs> Sing us a little piece. Come on. Do you know the song? It. No, let's I, I, I even I don't forgot know. who wrote the song. No, no, you don't want, but the thing is, I cracked, so much. <laughs> I cracked like three times in the song. My sister listened to it. And I was like, hey, isn't this pretty good? Little, little. But then when she heard the cracks, I mean, it was so bad. I, it, was, it was puberty time. And it was just hilarious. I mean, I just remember that. So when you said, you know, yeah. karaoke while having puberty. Back in, when I was a kid, there was no such thing as karaoke oh, back see. then. Like, so it was, it was a very different thing. I just thing. feel so like nobody wants to hear people who are good at singing at karaoke. Like if I go to karaoke, like, you know what? Like I don't want to hear you sing like Adele. I just want to hear the really, I want to hear the person having a good time. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, that, yeah. that would be my, that would be, uh, that would, I, I have a pretty good time. But there are a couple people though, like when you go to karaoke, they're, uh, they're mic hogs. They will not oh, give up yes. the mic. They will sing five, six yep. songs. And I'm like, can yep. you please dis- like distribute that yeah. evenly? Oh, yeah. Sharing Absolutely. is caring. Stop picking five songs for yourself. Absolutely. So anyway, yeah. It's not, but it's yeah, not karaoke is all about having fun. You know, my niece is here from Michigan and she's a huge, you know, shout out to Helen. Uh, she's also, uh, she, I actually saw her Instagram. I was like, oh my God, you have so many people following you. She had like 1,600 people following her on Instagram. Oh, wow. But anyway, I just want you to know, Sue, what More Helen than is an has. Oh yeah, yeah. We gotta grow. Helen, can you please support us and uh, promote us? But anyway, um, she listens to us every week. Every really, week. she loves it. She Thank says, you, Helen. I listen to you guys every week. Yeah, Helen. I just want rock, you to you know rock. that even though I live in Ohio, I'm not a Buckeye fan. So you and I can be friends, even though you're from the Wolverines. Exactly, exactly. Mm-hmm. And so, any event, um, she did a TikTok video just to brag about her a little. She did a TikTok video and she got like over a million views. You know, what? stuff. So no. she's she's. She I'm went serious. viral. It went viral. It went viral. Oh, so anyway, what? what was but, uh, she doing in the TikTok video? Was she chugging like an uh, entire liter of Diet no, Coke? No, no, what was no, she no. doing? It, it was something very relevant. It, it was, you know what? I, I'll find it. I'll send it to you. But it was something about like, you know, r- racial justice. 
but she like wore all these different outfits to like change their hairstyle like these little like i don't, I don't know what she did but it was really cool i saw and mm. i was like wow and That's had like cool. millions of hits views. I was like, are wow, you exaggerating i'm gonna have to look at this myself. no she got definitely over a million views and, and she wow. became like a social media sensation i guess after wow. that but anyway she listens to us but she's from grand rapids michigan and you it's know amazing. she's here for a few weeks and you know what she said to me she goes, one of the things I really wanted to do, because I've never done it in my life, she goes, I want to go karaoke. I'm like, There's oh no my karaoke God. in Michigan? No, I'm like, because it's Grand Rapids, Michigan. There is no Asian flavor at all there. But there's karaoke so there's in no Columbus, Ohio. No, there is not. Yeah, there's there not. is. Is there? Well, that's, I don't know. I think that's because you live in a big, uh, you're right by the big university. That's true, and a lot of international students true. there. So I need you to know, she's like, I want to go karaoke. I'm like, oh my God, it's 2022 and you've never gone Well, did karaoke. you make her dreams come true? Oh, we're going to make her dreams. Okay. We haven't gone yet, but we're going to okay. make her dreams come true. Make She's sure you sing down. just once, though, okay? Oh, I, I think I could reach it now, but uh, but that was... That Put was, her on uh, her TikTok. Thank God. Thank God I don't have that tape. Because if I had that tape, I think that could go viral. It was a cassette tape? A cassette? It was a cassette tape. Oh, my Lord. It was a cassette. That's all they had back then. There was no digital back in those days. Dang. But anyway... Sua, you got a question for it's like, me. Do we even have time for question? a question at this point after all of we that talk about karaoke? Okay, so my question is two-part. What's it? Two part. So my question is, what is, <laughs> it's, it's pretty peachy. <laughs> I'm sorry to disappoint. It's pretty peachy. What okay. is your, what is one thing that you really don't like about being your age? And what is something that you really like about being your age? Oh man, that's so easy. I don't even what? think twice about what? it. The one of the things I don't like about being my age is my body. Um, What's wrong with your body? I feel like we talk about the body so much in our podcast. (laughs) Literally. I I can't, Sue, I cannot heal from injuries. Uh, I haven't done a push-up in over a year still. Uh, Actually, no, no, no. I stand corrected. It's getting much better. I'm actually taking prescribed cream on my shoulder. I did three push-ups this week by myself, (laughs) like without any assistance. I mean, that's, that's great. That, that's a start. It's because you told me that you were that's doing a, like how many? I did. I did like eighty pushups. Yeah. No, I think I think I did like nine, like eighty-five to ninety-five pushups in ninety seconds. You know, but you go from there to doing three, but it's still yeah. progress. That's true. Uh, you know how much Taylor did? Did I tell you how much Taylor did? Yes, you told us. Taylor from Maven. Think, Maven. He did. I think he did like one twenty in ninety seconds. Yeah, I yeah. know you told us. It, it, it's made us He's universally feel bad about ourselves. It's great. Let's move okay. on. So, so the one thing I hate about being 48 is I really hate the body, like not being able to heal quick. It mm-hmm, just takes mm-hmm. forever. Um, also, I will say it's taking incredibly long for me to lose some weight. Um, I'm going. Are on you a, trying a, to a lose 400- weight? Yeah, because I have to go on a 450 mile bike ride uh, end of July for Zimele. And uh, we're doing a lot of hills. And I think for the sake, because I, I told you I have like some, some nerve yeah. damage in my hands. Yeah. Um, it's it's going to be rough. And the lighter you are, the better it's going to be on my hands. So I'm trying to I'm trying to drop 10 pounds, but oh my gosh. But will 10 like, pounds make a difference? Yeah, it will. It will. Okay. Trust me, it'll make a difference. Like, is, listen, even if I like, I would say three, four years ago, no problem. 10 pounds, lose that in like two weeks, two, three weeks, no problem. Man, I just, it, it's taken me like over a month to lose like four pounds. <laughs> I can't Dang. believe it, man. By and doing I'm what? Like, what healthy. are you doing? Now Once I'm again, here we go. But... I'm eating and I'm working out and I just can't, I just, I, I, it's just, 
taking forever because my metabolism has slowed down oh so much. One time, I remember we went to your house for small group, and we were doing. You were in charge of dinner that day, and I remember you were making us like spaghetti or linguine oh, or yeah, something. That's, that, that's and I was my, like looking at the linguine. No, well, the sauce was excellent, but then like the pasta was like all stuck into in a clump. So I said, "What is going on with this pasta?" You were like, "Oh, it's quinoa pasta." <laughs> That's right. <laughs> you were like, you know, it's it's guilt free. I'm like, yeah, it's guilt free, but it's also taste free. Like, what is going on? Yeah, here? yeah, yeah. Quinoa pasta is not tasty Listen, at all. You the, just eat the it for pasta health. sauce was excellent, but the Thank quinoa you. pasta Thank was you. a giant clump. I had Thank to like you. take bites out help. of like the ball of pasta. <laughs> anyway, is that what you've been crazy, eating crazy. to try to lose weight? No, no, I don't. I, I'm actually, you know, I have to go really hardcore now. I'm not eating any carbs. You know, oh. and stuff. I'm just okay. doing more protein. But and you then almost I'm four pounds in a month? Yeah, I'm only doing intermittent fasting. I'm working out like four or five times a week. Wow. It's just like, it's just hard. Yeah. So as you get change. older, as you get older, it gets a lot harder to lose the weight. So that's the one thing. Uh, I wish I had a personal chef that like just cooked me healthy foods every day. That would be, be like, really oh, nice. So, like I wish I was LeBron James and just like <laughs> he has a chef and just they cook him the best foods. And I'm like, that would be pretty cool. But anyway, uh, but the thing I love about being my age is that I don't have an ego to the point where um, like it's affecting my security and who I am as a person. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so that's been really cool. Like I love like being emotionally healthy uh, in a way where like I don't I'm not as overly sensitive to things and I struggle with you know self low self-esteem and stuff like that so I love that about my 40s so life is so much more pleasant um, I, I really enjoy the things that I th I enjoy I you know I'm not a, I'm a huge people pleaser we'll talk a little bit about that today but I'm a huge people pleaser and um, you know back in the day but now I don't have to be if you don't like me like I, I'm, I'm not gonna love it but I'm not going to lose sleep over it, mm -hmm. you know, because I know who I am, you know, and stuff like that. And so for me, uh, that is what I love about being 48 years old. That's 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 my favorite thing. Sounds so like, it sounds actually really nice. It's really nice. <laughs> it's like nice. there's so much more peace and shalom because I don't let other people really affect me unless there are people that I love deeply, you know, and then they say some really hard things then that might affect me. But yeah. So anyway, I've been called many, many not many, but I've been called many bad. I've been called many bad things. Some, <laughs> some have used curse words to describe me and other things too. But I'm just like, don't worry about it. It's okay. I don't really know them. Who cares? Of course, I don't blame them. You know, like if they think of if they want to just judge me like that, it's cool. So what anyway. were you? What would you have been like in your twenties if they did that? I wouldn't be able to sleep. I'll no. be so pissed. I'd be like, I got to talk to them and, and show them wrong and stuff. And now I'm just like, if that's what they want to believe about me, that's fine. Cause I know who I am and that's fine. So I don't, I don't, I don't need to prove myself to anyone. So Sounds take like it or leave it. You're very emotionally healthy about it. Much more. Yeah. A lot more than I was in my twenties. I was a wreck. I was an absolute wreck. I was a train wreck. So yeah, I don't anyway. know why people say they want to go back to their twenties because never, I can tell you right never, now, I do not want to go back to never, my Never, ever. So my wife says that because she's been pretty emotionally healthy, like all her life. She's like, I wish I can go back to my 20s. I'm like, not me. I was like, I mean, I, I feel like I'm not in my 40s. Yeah. I don't know if I've been like a hugely emotionally unhealthy person, although I've had my unhealths, obviously, but I still would not want to go back nope. to my 20s at all. Like, there's no desire for me to go back to my 20s, except, okay, you know what? So, since I'm going to answer the question, okay. I feel like weird things physically, you're right, like have been happening since. I'm 38 now. So little stupid things that never were a thing before. For example, two yeah. weeks ago, did I did I talk about this? I feel like I may have talked about this, about how what? I got a bunch of mosquito bites. 
No, you never talked about okay. Sonia. Okay, so a no. couple of weeks ago, I was sleeping in my bed. John was in the bed, and actually, my my younger daughter had come into the bed that night. So the three of us were sleeping in the bed, but of course, I was the only person who woke up with seven different mosquito bites around my ankles. And the thing is, that's fine. Like mosquitoes love me. Okay, I don't know why Wait, they why just love me. Why are mosquitoes in your house? Your house should be mosquito free. Um, you gotta I'm, leave the door open all the time. I don't know. I'm think we're in the wilderness, so who knows? Remember, we built this house, and so there's a lot of bugs that came in in the okay. winter time when the framing was not completed. Okay. Okay. A lot of bugs have been inhabiting. Okay. You got to get those zappers, those Korean like zappers look like bugs. a tennis oh racket. My gosh. Kill the mosquitoes I with that. I have so many stink bugs in my house. And those things look so gnarly. Like they're like prehistoric yeah. looking bugs. So you disgusting. Need, you need an exterminator every quarter to come to your house. I might have to. So anyway, yeah. I woke up with these mosquito bites. I think they're mosquito bites, um, which is fine because like I said, I've always had a lot of mosquito bites. Yeah. But now that I'm older, my body is reacting really negatively to some kind of protein in the mosquito saliva or something. Because usually the trajectory of mosquito bite is you get a mosquito bite, it itches for a while, and then like a few days later, it goes away. Yeah. My mosquito bites turned into like these ginormous welts that were oozing pus. I don't know what is happening. So I kept saying to John, I was like, John, I think something's wrong. Like these mosquito bites and he's like oh, you gotta relax they're just mosquito bites and then he looked at them and he was like oh he's like that doesn't look good i'm like i know this doctor, is what i've been so he should you tell know you i had these i got one on my calf my entire calf was inflamed and red and oozing liquid for like days oh gosh so i don't know did what you go to the happening. hospital no what i took some benadryl i felt like okay. it must have been but the other thing was they were so itchy so yeah. you know in the daytime you don't really scratch because you're conscious of like i don't want to scar my body because another thing about turning 38 is your scars don't heal anymore <laughs> and i want to permanently damage myself but then in the nighttime when you're like in that subconscious state you That's scratch cool. yourself like crazy so i would wake up with like blood all over my legs <laughs> it's a it's, crime scene it was a crime scene and of course like they're scarring you know and and i it's shorts weather now and i look terrible i have to walk around the i literally felt like i had to walk around the house being like unclean unclean because i look like a leper i mean no disrespect to leprosy but it looks disgusting i don't know i'm so embarrassed so you gotta sleep with socks on your hands now <laughs> like what we did the little kids so don't scratch up their face the babies you need one we need to create adult so ones terrible. so you don't scratch yourself up you know it was so bad and so that's i mean i don't know what's happening but there's been physical changes that have been happening that were never there previously things like my hair is thinning like i used to have so much hair when i was younger that the hairstylists would charge me double because they would be like and my, my hairstylist i remember she said to me once you need to always make the last appointment of the day because i need wow. extra time to do your hair yeah and now it's like all thinning like wow. in my drain all my hair is falling out so i don't know what is happening but clearly something is changing you know in your body yes um in your in my late 30s but i mean i've heard good, from my sister-in-law yeah that 40 is when like things really start changing for women i mean i don't know yeah. i did but, read but, a study but, Okay. I, yeah. did, I did read a study that said not every single person ages the same chronologically. Yep. Like, I mean, biologically, according to their chronological age. So, for example, someone might be 30, but be much biologically younger um, versus mm. somebody might be 30, might be biologically like older. Their body might actually be older. And they said mm. that they studied a bunch of people and the person who was the slowest aging was only aging a quarter of a year per year. 
Mm. And the people who were aging faster were aging up to like three years ahead. So, and they said, usually the people who are aging faster kind of know that they're aging faster. Mm. Like they can feel it in their bodies. And they're usually the most stressed out. Well, maybe it's me. Maybe it's me. But the good thing, the good thing is um, I don't have like a desire to be better than other people, you know? So, you know, did you ever hear this quote? It's, I don't know who the philosopher was, but it was a philosopher's quote from like 300 years ago. And the quote was, if the goal were to be happy, that would be very easily accomplished. But our goal is always to be happier than the next person. And that is always impossible because we always believe that person to be happier than they actually are. Mm, mm. This is like a quote, right? I love it. And I feel like this is how I used to live in my teens and 20s. I always felt like I had to be better than the other person, had to be happier than the next person. Um, right. So you just never feel at ease because you're always like, she's more successful. She's getting better grades. I guess my identity has found grades, whatever it might be. It's like, yes, they're yes. just getting the better yeah. everything. And you always feel the yeah. need to compare yourself versus now that I'm in my thirties, you just don't, you feel much less of a need to do that because you just feel very yeah. comfortable in who you are. Um, so you feel a lot less insecure in terms of comparing yourself to other people's yes. Um, yes. Especially, I think that's important because in the world of social media, I have had friends tell me they don't even look at social media anymore because it just makes them feel bad about themselves or bad right, about their right, lives. Right, and right. I think a lot of the problem with that is it's because you're comparing their exterior to what you're feeling your interior, you know? Exactly. And those are not apples to apples. But that's what we do, right? It's like we look at other people and whatever they're presenting to us and we perceive them to be happier than they actually are, which makes us feel in turn like we must be failures because we're not happy compared mm. to the pictures that we see of how happy those people are in their Instagram. But I don't do that anymore as much. So mm. I feel like I'm very thankful because that is not a fun way to live. Absolutely. Yeah. No, it's not. And that's, yeah. again, it's it's when you get older, what should naturally happen is you should become more secure in who you are. And as you do that, um, yeah, you don't have to compare and, and feel like, you know, oh, they're, they're living a better life than me, so. Yeah, and I feel like that's anyway, why I'm so worried yeah. about this generation growing up with, not to be like on my soapbox, but with the social media, because it's yep. just comparison central over there, you know? Yeah, so, anyway. comparison central, that's exactly what social media is. And most people who, who put out such a highlight reel of their exterior worlds are oftentimes, you know, it's not, it's not what it's really about so they, they might want to portray an image that everything is going well but deep down it might be really broken in their lives but they will never put that on social media so yeah well another so, thing that social media has produced i'm going to segue really smoothly watch this okay <laughs> another thing the social media has done <clears throat> is created a forum for people to to argue with each other as the worst versions of themselves wouldn't you say yeah i mean it's yep. The, some of the things that people say on social media when you disagree with people, um, you would never say to a person face-to-face. Absolutely. But it just may, allows us a forum to be anonymous and thereby being the worst possible version yep. of ourselves, yep. which yep. segues into our topic today. It what does. is our topic today? Yeah, we're going to be talking about confrontation. Uh, I think it's so important that we talk about this topic because the reality is we're so was so conflict adverse. Most of us, we don't like it. I don't like conflict. So do you like confronting people? I'm surprised you don't like conflict because you are so good at confrontation. Everyone thinks I like conflict. I I hate doing confrontation because I'm deep down inside. Like I, the things I've struggled with in the past was, you know, I don't struggle with it anymore. So I'm better at it. But 
back in the days, I always wanted people to to like me, and I this 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 helped me know. I've I've gotten good at confrontation because I've gone through years of therapy, and my therapist asked me, Peter, what do you think is going to happen when you confront somebody and or give somebody some feedback?、Mm. And I said, well, either they're gonna like me, or they're gonna destroy, or they're gonna be destroyed by what I said. And I think it wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't like I wanted them necessarily to like me. Why I struggle with confrontations that I didn't want them to feel hurt by what I said. That's why I don't, I don't like confrontation. Is it that you were scared they were going to be hurt, or was it that they were going to be hurt and that they won't like you back? Oh,、uh, I think a combination of both. But、okay. I think more the prior. I just didn't want them to be、That's、hurt. Like I don't,、okay. I didn't want to hurt them, and I, and and I didn't want it, like what I said. So like you know, even like with staff members who are like struggling and underperforming and stuff, like I didn't want to bring it up. I, like I just wanted to be quiet about it,、uh, you know, and stuff, and because I was just afraid that it was going to destroy them. I mean, there、and、was so, one time when I did something. There was a huge fail. I won't go into it, but you came into my office, and I knew it was coming. So you gave me、oh, the talk. You gave、oh, me yeah, a talk. I remember that. But then it was so funny because you, I was like bracing for like a really stern talking to, and you. No, like, you should. You should. Why don't you let our audience know what that was? Because that's important. That's that's a no, real life example. No, because people are going to get really upset. No, so basically we did. We tried to put on an event. And、yes. Literally, one person showed up <laughs>、yeah. to this event where we invested so much time and effort and money. Yes. Um, and one person came, and so literally on Tuesday morning, I'm like, "Here we go. I'm gonna get fired, or I'm gonna get a really stern <laughs> talking to." So anyway, you come into the office and you gave me this like talking to. It was super not stern, like super not. And then really, you left. Like you gave me the talking to. You left. And then that afternoon, you came back and you were like, "Was I too harsh?" <laughs> really? And I literally was like,、um, "You were not even like close well, to harsh." Well, so you- in your, I think sometimes in your head, maybe you believe yourself to have been a lot、yeah. harsher. Yeah. So that's yeah. why you're more afraid.、Maybe. Well, you know, the part of it was is that I, I saw how it affected you when you were sharing, well, like was- what. Yeah, you were like that. Like it really, like you I mean, were devastated. So bad. Right, right. You were like, you know, w- with the exception of you crying,、uh, you felt terrible. And for me, like when I when I saw you like that in the office, I I felt like I didn't need to put salt in the wound <laughs> because you were already like deeply hurt by it. So I just wanted to just be very honest and just share with you the best I could. But I knew you were already kind of broken about it, and that's why I checked in with you later. I'm like, "Hey, are you okay? Everything I say was okay," because I knew like it really impacted you and stuff like that. So anyway,、well, I appreciate yeah. It. <laughs> <laughs> But I remember that stuff. I remember like when I, that's when I went to that concert thingy, and I was like, "Oh man, Sue is gonna get an earful." I was like, "I'm gonna, yeah, I'm, gonna was, I'm gonna give was, a piece yeah, of my mind not, on that Tuesday." It was not good. Yeah, I mean, it was not a fun weekend. Let's just yeah, say. it was not a fun weekend at all. I couldn't believe it. That was the craziest thing, and I was just like,、yeah. nobody's here. It's just us. Like well, it's it just was one guy. One person came out, and I was just like, I cannot believe. And he、this. wasn't even a teen. It was supposed to be like a teen event. He was like this middle-aged man. Gosh. Anyway, so yeah, let's talk about confrontation because I know you don't like it. I don't like it, but yeah, it's necessary. And we do it, you know. And so why? So why do you think confrontation is important? Why? What? What is the consequence of us not being confrontational? What do you well, think it is? Why is confrontation important? I think confrontation has a bad, got a bad rep, because、mm. when you say something like "Oh, you're so confrontational," it sounds like it has a negative connotation. It does, yeah.、Um, but it shouldn't. I mean, confrontation is part of life, and I think、yep. that conflict resolution. You know, after having worked at various different jobs, 
I think conflict resolution is so important. Yes. Um, the ability to do to resolve conflict well yep. really plays into whether or not you can be a good leader or not. I mean, it's yeah. just a foundational thing. And I think if you don't do it well, there's a lot of like kind of the way you like to use like there's tentacles. There's a lot of tentacles that happen if you don't know how to confront things at the root, because then it starts kind of diffusing into other areas, I feel like. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I 100% agree. And I, I think the, and just, I think what I struggle with with confrontation was really this fear of hurting other people or the fear that they may not like me. And so I just feel like, you know, if you can't be confrontational in your close relationships um, with your the people that you have, you, you can't, you, I would strongly discourage you from being confrontational to everyone. But if you can't be confrontational to people that you really love and care for, then I really don't think you have a healthy relationship with them because confrontation is important. And as long as you remember this, a lot of times, like you said, it gets a bad rap. But as Christians, as long as we share the truth in love, as Paul encourages us to do, that's all we need to do. We share the truth with the people that we care about in love. And when we can do that, then it's good. A lot of couples, you know, like I, I do I do marriage counseling and all, the only time a dysfunctional marriage where they actually share truth with each other is when they're fighting. Yes, yes. And that is terrible. That is absolutely the worst time to bring up truth because they're not sharing that truth in love. They're sharing that truth in hate. Yes. And that destroys the marriage. When you confront each other with truth and hate, that's not good. So I think in any important relationship, I guarantee you uh, the truth will come out sometime. It's important to make sure that that truth comes out in love rather than in, in anger and hate and all that kind of stuff. So it's important that we actually are open to confronting uh, people that we need to confront. And I think we could all think of at least one or two people that we could that we need to like confront and share some truth with. So that they could, you know, so that they could be a better person. But I think we really refrain from it, right? I think we don't want to do it. Funny about what you said about how the truth will eventually come out. I remember in my early days of marriage, this doesn't happen as much anymore. But when we were married in the beginning, we used to like, you know, fight on the regular. Um, there would be times when like John would do something, I guess, something like stupid, like not putting his dishes away or not um, putting his dirty clothes away or something along yeah. those lines, where I would sometimes yell at him about and sometimes i would not and the times that i would not i would like swallow it in and be like oh, i'm mm. so good i'm gonna be really holy and i'm not gonna say it this time yeah and then you just like hold it in a couple days and then when you get into a big fight you know it all eventually comes out it all comes and it's out. like and three days ago you did not throw out your yeah. socks and i had to step yeah. on them and like yeah. it yeah. all eventually comes out and yeah. so you know i feel like clearly that's an illustration of how i did not work like i all i did was avoid the actual confrontation, yep. but I didn't actually solve anything. Yeah, yep. and, and a lot of times situation. in those kinds of confrontations, when, we, when we're angry at somebody and we're sharing that kind of truth, we always use like words like, you never do this. You yeah. never, never, <laughs> you never, never, never. It's always and a hyperbole. Like, yeah, yeah, no, it's, it's true. You can't say you never, you know, but we're so angry and upset, we say stuff like that. And I've said it so many times to Jenny. You never do this, you never do that, you know, and stuff. And she's like, but I have done it. I'm like, okay, but it's almost never, you know, almost never. But uh, but yeah, it's I, so that's why I think, you know, if you want to live in healthy relationships with people, uh, you got to make sure that you're open to confronting each other and you got to be willing to do that. And I think that's that's such a critical part so that we can live 
in more intimate relationships with one another. Otherwise, we just can't. And I just think the reason why so many relationships are dysfunctional today is because we really stink at confronting each other. So, and yeah. When I was at Metro, there was, and I think I've alluded to this before, but there were, t- I, I, I spoke to Pastor Kevin, who used to be on staff, and he had said to me that there was this weird epidemic at Metro. I don't know if he was specifically saying it was oh, no. Metro. No, it's not like an actual disease. Well, maybe okay. a figurative disease. Oh, boy. Where people couldn't confront people directly. Yeah. So they would always use indirect channels. Mm. Okay, no, I'm not, no, no, I'm not going, I'm not talking about you. Okay, why do you have the guilty face? I did not say a thing about you. sounds like me. Okay, okay. I mean, you too, but it wasn't just you. You were not the only one diseased with this disease. Uh, It was a common disease that was going around, like the Rona. Um, So, (laughs) yeah, and so, but I, I think I completely, it's not difficult to understand why he would say something like that, because even for me, um, there is a tendency to want to go the back route, you know, like you don't really want to because th- and there's multiple reasons for that. Like you said, it might be because you're scared of hurting the person, but in turn, you're scared of that person being mad at you. And who wants people yeah. to be mad at you? You know, it's extremely uncomfortable when you know people are actually angry, especially people that you like, you right. know, like if you if there are strangers on the Internet, on the YouTubes, if you ever want to go to the truly depraved part of our lives just go on the youtube comment section or like a facebook comment section my goodness that is like a depressing black oh hole. yeah but you know so those people who cares but if, you, if you're it's somebody you work with on a daily basis and you respect it's really difficult to then say something yeah. and know that they're deeply upset with you for right, what you said right right you know so right. how do you work through those things like how how do you i guess yeah. my question is um how can is there a way to bring up something that is less hurtful and if there is not, should you do it anyways? Like what is more important, the actual confrontation and resolution of the conflict or the person's feelings? I think it depends. I, mean, I, I, don't, I don't think there's a one way to do it. But like, I think what helps me a lot, Sua, when, when I have to do confrontation with whether it's somebody on our staff, somebody at church, my wife, my kids, you know, whatever it might be, um, you know, it's never a fun process. You never want to do it. You know, but for me, I really believe and the only reason why I convinced myself to do this and, and the reason when we started this podcast, you think I'm so good at it is because if I really truly love someone, for me to not share something with them that I feel is important for them to know so that they can be a better person, I think I can't really say I love them. Hmm. You know, and I can't say that, I, that, that we actually really have a, a good relationship. And so the reason why I do it at the end of the day is that not only do I want them to be better, or like I want them to quote unquote treat me better or whatever it might be. I just, I love them. And I believe that, you know, what I share, I hope it can help them. Now, they may not listen to me. That's okay. You know, because they don't have to listen, right? But at least I, I feel like because this relationship, I respect the relationship so much that I have to be honest and I have to share what I think, you know. And I'm, you know, and I, I think that's the way that I convince myself to confront and that it's important for me to share honestly what I feel um, and then sometimes, you know, like, you know, do I shy away? Of course. I, I think I'm mm-hmm. like with everyone. Yeah, there's sometimes I'm like, ah, it may not be worth, you know, sharing this with this person because uh, it may it may hurt them. You know, it may hurt them and stuff. So, yeah, I, I shy. But if I feel like it's something that's really going to be chronic and it's going to um, be something that's that's going to be tough uh, and it might really uh, that it might really affect our relationship, I always go in and I and I do my best to just share and be very honest. And uh, and I and I don't worry necessarily about the repercussions. I worry more about the repercussions with people I don't know very well. But the people who I do know well, I don't really worry too much about the repercussions. I feel like we have a good friendship. 
feel like what you said though there is the key is you consider your end goal in terms of sharing and having this conversation like it's you think about what you want the person it's ultimately in a loving framework yeah. right it's because you love the person and you want the person to benefit and that's why you're bringing the confrontation versus i think a lot of times when confrontation doesn't go well it's because i'm personally really upset about something yeah and i just need to get it off my chest or i feel like i deserve to let that person know how i feel about how yeah. i didn't agree with something that person did do you know what i'm saying because yeah. i feel like there's yeah. different types yeah. of confrontation and i think yeah. in the way that you're presenting it it's a it's a very well-intentioned thoughtful um confrontation versus there's yeah. the kind of confrontation that happens when you feel wronged by somebody and you're yeah. like i have to bring this up to this person because i cannot yeah. move forward like this and those are i think a lot more difficult because there's so much more emotion um, yeah yeah and and my, my advice is that you really have to try to push through that if you've been hurt by somebody um, I think our natural tendencies, because we don't want to do confrontation, ah, well, it's not that important. Like, I don't have to do that. You know what? It's okay. You know, and um, and and we convince ourselves we need to do it. And we'll just kind of suck it up. But, you know, what happens eventually is that it will create a distance, whether you believe it or not, with that friend. Hmm. If you've actually been, so that's why it's important to talk about it. Say, hey, listen, here's the deal. Like, um, you know, what you did last week, you know, actually hurt me and i just want you to know like it, it felt disrespectful and I, th I think it's important to bring stuff like that up um and uh and be open if you're the one that has to listen to that you just have to be open and if it's a friend and a friendship you value you have to really consider you can't be defensive and be like no no i don't know if i agree with that but if the person's saying this is how i felt and i think that's important when you do confrontation it's how you use your language is very important and so you have to just say like you know when you did this this is how i felt mm-hmm you can't be like you know what you're you're just you know you're just so disrespectful like, you just you're always <laughs> yeah, disrespectful yeah. And like what it's just that's very confident that's like in a way that like let's 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 get, let's get into a fight but you could be more specific say hey when you when we were like at dinner the other night and we were with our friends and uh you know like i hadn't seen this friend for a long time but you kept wanting to leave leave and you got up and just waited by the door and you were just waiting for me to get up and you looked upset like I just want you to know, like, I felt really disrespected. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And, like, you should have known, like, I haven't talked to this person for a long time. And you should have made more allowances, you know, like, and be more open to it. But the fact that you just got upset and you got stood up and you stood by the door and just waiting for me, like, that was that was disrespectful. And so, um, anyway, I, th I think it's important to, to be honest and open like that uh, so that for the sake of the f friendship, like, if you don't really value the friendship much, then you don't need to be friends with them anymore. You don't have to bring it up. Like honestly, like you know, friendships. What's required of friendships is respect. And if you don't get that respect, then you know you you don't have to be friends with that person anymore. But if you value the friendship, then it's worth doing the confrontation with. So, but yeah. But anyway, I get I, I get blown away when I do confrontation. Like wow, like I couldn't believe how good it went. Like mm. to me, I'm like I thought this thing was gonna be disastrous. Okay, but do you feel like it's a it's a skill that you've developed over time? I, I mean, I did. How how would you say your conflict resolution slash confrontation has evolved during your years it's just it's just about it. being non-confrontational it's it's about it's like being confrontational in a non-confrontational way during your confrontation right? you don't want people to feel like they're doing something 
like so wrong. You know, I think you don't want to you don't want to like uh, critique their character, things like that. I think you're going to be careful with that. So that's what's important to say. This is how I felt. Mm -hmm. So I'll give you another example. Just recently, um, you know, so one of the things we do at our church is that we connect with all of our members. We call them partners, mm -hmm. and we kind of do like an audit on all the partners, like. You know, when they decide to be a partner in our church, they covenant with us and God that they're going to do certain things. You know, and if they're not doing these things, then uh, they're not partners. And you know, so that you know, they're they're told this when they become partners. Like, if you don't do these things, like you know, some of the things are you serving in the church, uh, being a part of a small group, attending church on Sundays, mm -hmm. coming out to the partner meetings, you know, tithing and stuff like that. If you're not doing these things, then you shouldn't be partners. You should just be attenders. So. I have a friend that comes to our church and he's a childhood friend. And, you know, he started with me from the very beginning and, you know, he became a partner and, you know, he just doesn't come out anymore. He works sometimes on Sundays. You know, he's just, I mean, he's a part of a small group, uh, but, you know, he's not serving, he's not giving. And so he's just very absent, mm -hmm. you know, from, from church. And so I, I had to sit down with him and I'm like, man, this could affect our friendship. But, you know, I thought about all the bad things. And this just happened recently, but I'm thinking, but I still got to do it. And, and I brought it up to him and I just said, hey, I just want to talk to you about partnership. You know, you, you agreed to be a partner in this church. And, you know, I know you've been busy. You have a lot of work going on and stuff like that. But, you know, like it might be better like for you to just choose being an attender of the church, you know, because partners, we want you to attend the church. We want you to be fully involved in the life of the church, serve and give and all that stuff. And I was like, you know, I was like, what, let's just talk about what do you want to do? Do you want to like just be an attender? Do you want to stay a partner? Because if you want to stay a partner, you're going to have to really try to abide by the covenant, you know, and stuff. And he was just like, listen, I just want to thank you for bringing this up. I want to stay a partner. Thank you for like kind of like confronting me about this. He goes, I'm 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 up for the challenge. You know, so like let's start. He's like, I'm going to sign up to serve this ministry. I'm going to start tithing again. Like he's like, I'm going to start doing all these things. And then like we were going on a bike ride together, and on the way back home on our bike ride, he just kept saying, I just want to thank you for bringing this up. Like I just I really want to thank you. And I think what he was saying to me is this, Peter. I really I sense how much you care for me, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and because you cared enough for me, you actually brought this up. And I was just like, okay. And so I think sometimes you're going to be pleasantly surprised that when you do confront somebody um, and you do it with love and tr truth and love, um, you know, it, it for at least in my experience, it rarely goes sour. And even if it does go sour, you could actually say, I did it with integrity. I did it with love. And that's it. And the rest is up to God at that point. And that's kind of like how I leave it. And that's why I do confrontation. You know, I think that's an important thing. So... Is there, anyway, sorry, how about, can I put yeah. you on the spot? Yeah. <laughs> Have you ever had a really, really bad confrontation? Um, give me like, like with somebody that I know well. Just in general, like, has, cause oh, that yeah. was an example of it going really well, right? So yeah. how could it, how could, how could it possibly go really bad? Like what are, what could it, what do would it Do you have an example? Like if, I need to think through it. Do you I have mean, an I'm example? I'm trying to think. So m most of mine, I think because of the way I was not, uh, well, oh, I, I don't want to oh, say this, but one. like okay. there was one time when you told me to confront something and I refused to, like you told me to confront something with somebody that was one of my volunteers that was like a physical thing. And I was like, I am not going to do that. <laughs> like, I think, you, oh I, yeah. And I was like, there, I mean, I, I, so even <laughs> I think there's like, you have to have your own personal, um, kind of limits as to what you are willing to confront 
and not do you have any idea what i'm talking about we're being i'm sorry we are being extremely oh i know exactly vague. what you're talking about but i don't know if um, i agree with you on that yeah one. we disagree we agree it, to disagree anyway. i mean pastor yeah. peter still thinks i should have done it but i yeah. there was no way i was gonna do that but um i think my so, okay so rewinding a little bit when i first got married or you know what before even we got married i want to say because most of our fighting between john and me was done when we were dating um, because by the time we got married, we had already known each other for seven years. And so I think we got a lot of our kind of unhealthy stuff out of the way, I want to say, but we had a set pattern yeah. by the time we got married, but we fought a lot when we were dating. Um, and if you ever wanted to know whether your parents have left an imprint on you or not, get yourself oh, in yeah. a relationship. And when you're angry, all those things start flying out. Like things that I had never yeah. realized I'd have picked up from my parents. Um, because my parents had a pretty unhealthy marriage most of their lives and they fought a lot. They fought in front mm -hmm. of us. And so I never remember really sitting there being like taking notes and being like, this is how I'm going to argue when yeah. I grow up. But those things, you they kind of leave a mark on you and they stay dormant until the right situation presents itself and then suddenly you are your mom or you are your dad so i remember when we started dating whenever we would get into a fight i would just start assassinating john's character like in the fight and this was not something mm. that i ever do in my friendships or my regular life like i don't do this but as soon as i would get to a point where i'm so angry at john the name calling would begin right yeah where it was never I'm upset because of A, B, and C. It was like, you are yeah. A, B, and C. You are this and that. And it took John telling me, like, I don't ever do that to you. Like, I don't call you stupid. Like, I don't call you this. Like, why do you do that to me? For me to kind of be like, oh my gosh, I do do that. And mm. I think I had done it so naturally because that's how my parents used to argue. And I had never seen any other way yeah. of it being done, of confrontation in a relationship being done other than name yeah. calling and blaming. Yeah. Yeah. And so yeah. when he said that to me, I really had to take a moment to think about, oh my goodness, I am doing that. Like I am calling him, literally calling him yeah. bad names and assassinating his character and that's not right. And I yep. think to take a step back and realize like it doesn't have to be this way. This is not the way yeah. that is a healthy way. It took me a while yeah. to really kind of work through that. So I, I'm happy to report, I don't do that anymore. And thank God I got that out of the way before I had kids because- right. um, let it die with my, you. My parents yeah. also did name calling for the kids. <laughs> My parents had some unhealth and they have they were working yeah. through their own issues. Nobody is perfect. Yeah. Yeah. But thank yeah. God that I resolved that before I had kids because my goodness, I would be so heartbroken if I was leaving that on my children, you know? Right. And so yeah, confrontation. The other part of me that is a really bad confrontation person. I am also good at some conflict resolution, but the one that I'm really bad at is when I become self-righteous about something. You know, somebody mm. recently in a podcast made a joke about how, oh, you know, self-righteousness is the sin I struggle with least, which is obviously hilarious <laughs> because it's, you know what I'm saying? I love that, I love um, that. But I mean, self-righteousness, sometimes I get on this like, yeah self-righteous kick when somebody disagrees with me usually on some kind of moral slash social justice issue and then i become a monster this has happened to me mm -hmm. in various mm -hmm. different contexts with various different people where people you know who lovingly had to come up to me people who love me enough then later on come, came up to me and said sua when you said it to me this way this is how it made me feel. Yeah, and yeah. Um, and then I'm very thankful for those people, and you know who you are, who came up to me and then later on told me when I was less heated about it, that it was not a helpful way to approach it because yeah. all they got was the extremely obnoxious and arrogant side of me. And my intention there, what was it? To lovingly 
tell them something? No. Like to lovingly improve on their lives? No. It was literally me trying to tell them you're wrong and I'm right. And this is why I'm going to tell you exactly how wrong you are using my words and communication abilities. And I think that is an example of flagrant not to do um, in terms of confrontation is when you're just trying to disprove somebody to show them that you're right and they're wrong, you know, and I've done that a lot in the past also. So those are some examples of some bad (laughs) confrontation. Man, you know, um, so I've had a lot of them with Jenny and, uh, you know, especially in the beginning years of our marriage. And I just, I just, I, I just can't like, I can't like be specific enough to like say it happened at this time and share it with like a level of like certainty and clarity. I just, I was, I was, I was horrible. Like when I would, you know, when I would, uh, confront her about certain things and, uh, you know, I'd make her cry a lot, you know, make her feel like she's terrible and things like that. Uh, but I will say though, you know, um, those those moments were very far and few between. Uh, the one thing I realized with Jenny though, when we, when I would confront, I would have to be very careful when I confronted her confronted her about her family. Well, that's a because very like you one. go there with her, yeah. she will turn into the Incredible Hulk, you know. And I'm just like, okay, because she loves her family so mm-hmm. much, I have to I have to give her even more respect and give her family more respect because if I say something about her family, um, you know, I might have to, you know, I might get in real big trouble. So, you know, I think, I think I've always sort of tread lightly on that stuff in the past, but, uh, you know, I think we've gotten better over the years where we can be more constructive with each other, especially when it comes to family and stuff mm-hmm. like that. That's important. I would say the one confrontation that was really difficult for me is when I had a fire staff member years ago. Oh my Lord. And no, I really, I, I really did. That. Yeah, I really did love the staff member, but you know, there was really struggle with performance. Also, there was a lot of personal internal struggles as well in their own personal life and stuff like that. And I tried my it was the hardest one of the hardest things I've ever had to do. And when I said I'm gonna have to let you go, um, you know, like uh he said something so painful to me. He said, you know, you only really liked me or loved me when I did something really good for you in the ministry. But if I did something bad, you never really show me any kind of like love or care. And that hurts so much. And I remember just like, I did the best that I could to try to confront and deal with the situation. I had to let him go. But then like, it hurts so much. Like I just remember like going home and I was like, this really stinks. I called like my soulmates. I'm like, this is killing me. Like, how do you process this? Mm. And all that kind of stuff. And they they realized how hurt I was. And then it was really, I think within like a day or two, he called me back and he just said, Hey, I just wanted to say that was such a low blow and I'm really sorry. I'm really sorry that I said that. And, uh, and yeah. And, and even till this day, even though like I had to fire him, we're still friends. Mm-hmm. You know, we still occasionally chat, you know, we wish each other always a happy birthday, you know, things like that. So, but any event, yeah. But I mean, those were, I've had to fire probably about three or four people, um, out of the 18 years that I've done this uh, as the senior pastor of the church, they're never easy. They're incredibly difficult and um, it's hard, you know, but, uh, but yeah, but anyway, but I would say that was the one that, that went, you know, I mean, I was expecting it to not go well, but it just kind of surpassed the threshold of, of how, how bad I thought it was going to go. And I was like, holy crap, this is going to be terrible. Okay. I'm going to ask you something and you can, you can say no comment if you don't want to answer it. But um, this might be a low ball, low question, but do you think since we're talking about confrontation and conflict resolution and any of those 
um, cases where you felt like you really had to kind of let a staff member go. Do you feel like there was any case or more than one where you really, really avoided it for so long that it became even worse by the time you got to it because you were trying to avoid? Because if you're a biggest, I mean, if your biggest fear is a low ball question. (laughs) Yeah. If your biggest fear is hurting somebody with your confrontation, yeah. firing yeah. somebody is probably, I mean, up there. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Because yeah. there's yeah. no way where this confrontation is yeah. going to end well. Like there's just none because yeah. you're taking yeah. away somebody's livelihood. You're yeah. taking yeah. away somebody's reputation. Like it's just yeah. hard. And so yeah. I'm not saying how dare you wait because I empathize. <laughs> like I, that's why I'm not in a leadership position anymore because I can't fire my children. So, you know, like yeah. I'm in a, I'm in a, you know, it's, I would never, I would never, I just don't, I don't even know if I could do it. I don't know if I could ever do something like that. But yeah. since we're talking about the dangerous effects of not addressing conflict, yeah. you know, I mean, do you have anything to say? Oh. You can pass. Oh. I mean, you can pass. Yes. No, no, I'm not going to pass because 100% yes. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm a, I like to be a very loyal person as well. Mm-hmm. So yeah. when I love somebody and I feel like they're a fit, like yeah, it takes a while. And I remember there's, you know, others and, and, and this one, 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 uh, one other pastor had to fire at our church and they're just, and our staff and even folks in the church said, what took you so long? Why did you wait so long to do this? And I was like, man, do you know how hard it is to fire somebody that you care for and you love? It's not an easy process. I've had to kick out people in the church, partners in the church that have become a threat uh, to our church, to our people. And those were so difficult because they never go well, you Mm -hmm. know? And and Mm -hmm. again, I I get the response from people what took you so long? Why did you wait so long? And I think that's really important. And you asked a very important question, Suwa. I think the longer you wait, the worse it gets. And it creates a deeper division between you and that person or that person, you know, in, in whatever group or family that you're in. You got to be willing to confront the person as soon as possible so that there can be closure healing or whatever it needs to happen so that there's greater health for you for you for your relationship with that person and for if if you're a part of an organization you're leading an organization you can't run away from it if you're a leader and you run away from confrontation i think because i'm i'm just like you but you just gotta you know pull up your bootstraps and say i'm gonna go i'm gonna i'm gonna take it between the legs and i'm just gonna go and i'm gonna confront somebody even if it goes really bad that i'm just gonna go for it you know and stuff so we just I mean, have on to one do it. hand i think um clearly that was the culmination like that was the big confrontation that was and there were small confrontations leading up to it like it was never like you were just one day woke up and you decided i'm gonna just let this person go or kick this person out of the church yeah. like i'm sure there were many conflict resolution yeah. attempts made in between yep. Yep. Those. Um, so I guess it's hard to know when is like, when is it when you say that's enough? Like yeah. we've because you know you you always want to err on the side of giving grace, right? And so it's like you want to give people space to grow, and that's what a good leader does is you try to invest in people and see the potential. But I guess it's really difficult to kind of then how do you know? I guess how do you know when it's finally time? Like wh- how mm. do you know when it's time to give somebody a chance? And how yeah. do you know when it's time to really? finish that yeah and that's for me i think it's it's important to have counsel and it's important to have people um you know like in that setting you know 
Kevin was involved in a lot of decisions that I made in terms of letting people go and stuff like that. So I think it's important to not make you know decisions on your own, but if you have some really good, wise people in your life, you probably want to spend time processing with them and, uh, and, and really make a, an important decision like that. Uh, make sure there's a couple of other folks that really agree with what you're doing um, before you take action. You know, I think that's really critical. But yeah, but it is. You know, it's important. You know, I, I, I just, I don't know what I'm sensing right now, Sua, like maybe like even in my own spirit. But I just want to, I, I don't know why, but I feel like we need to talk to the marriages here. Mm. Uh, people who are married and they're listening right now. I know that most of the times, um, one of the reasons why marriages are really struggling is because we're not willing to confront our spouse. Yeah. And I'm just gonna, I, I just, I just, we need to say this right now. I just feel like I need to say this right now. You took a vow. You made a vow to God if you got married in a Christian church. You made a vow. I mean, you made a promise and an oath that you will do whatever you can to love this person and stay with them, you know, for better or for worse, sickness and in health, to death do you part. And sometimes when we take a vow, we don't really realize how important that is. But if you're scared or you're not wanting to confront your spouse about something, um, I really want to encourage you that you really need to do this because it's going to help your marriage to go deeper. And if you need help, then you need to go get some help to people to process this with you. But, uh, but to shy away from confronting the person that's supposed to be the most intimate person in your life, um, there is no intimacy you know, in your relationship and you're going to be struggling. And so I, maybe the one of the things I can encourage, if, you, if you're married, I want to encourage you to really think about what are some things that I can do to share areas, you know, uh, confront areas that maybe my spouse has hurt me over the years, but I've never really shared it because I was afraid of what might happen. I think it's time. And, and maybe if that's you and this is resonating with you, you can already see how more distant you've become with your spouse because of it. And God forbid if you acted on temptations and things like that because you felt like your spouse wasn't really doing the things you want them to do or connecting with you the way you want them to. So I don't know. I just sense that for some reason. I feel like but that's even important. from the other side though, I think it's one thing for the person to come and share something that they've been burying for a long time, but it's also for the other person to then come with an open attitude to respond in a way that because a lot of times when in a marriage you share a critique of the other yeah. person or feedback, it's received as an attack. And I think that's yeah. why it's so hard to have an intimate conversation um, because it's just constantly offense, defense, yeah. offense, defense. You know, it's never. Yep. Um, and I think it all comes. It's very interesting because if there's anything that is your like the most the strongest team in the world is a husband and a wife, you are literally yep. one unit, right? And so the improvement and the good of your partner directly is the improvement and the good for yourself. Yeah. But I think a lot of times when that is broken and you no longer mm -hmm. see yourself as one unit, yeah, then you start questioning the intentions. And you know what? Sometimes it's probably valid because not every single confrontation that you have with your spouse is going to be from a place of wanting them yeah. to be, you know, improve and from a place of love. Sometimes yeah. you're just angry at that person. Yep. So I think I agree with you um, completely, but I also think it's really important for people to go into a conversation like that with the right heart, knowing 
this person is not trying to hurt me or this person is not trying to make me feel bad. That is not their intention. It's just they want us to become stronger as partners and as a unit. And that's why they are sharing this. But it's it's exactly. hard if your heart is not in the right place to receive something yeah. like that because every single critique feels like a threat or an attack. Right, on your right. Yeah, you know, and we need we need to focus on a podcast on this. But I think like when we struggle with who we are and our identity, uh, it's going to be really hard for us to do this because, you know, we're we're going to, you know, we're afraid of what could happen. We're going to hurt somebody or they're going to hurt us by what they might say if we bring this up to them and stuff like that. And I think it's just hard. And I do believe that, you know, a symptom of of having, you know, low self-esteem and uh, and really not having a strong identity in who you are before God, uh, one of the symptoms of that is that you just run away from confrontation. You don't want to confront at all. And uh, and I just think that's a, that's, a, that's a symptom of it. And we have to really get better as people. If you really want to grow, um, be a be be a, a better person but more importantly be a, a better follower of jesus we have to do it and i can't even imagine it being easy for jesus to confront you know peter to confront you know i mean jesus called peter satan I mean, you talk about like, that's a pretty strong conversation. Jesus was a little bit bipolar because literally uh, yeah. like a little bit before that, he was like praising the first, him. And then, bless yeah. you, bless you. Yeah. You and know, I, I, get the, behind me, Satan. You, it's you like, know what? The reason, why, the reason why I think Jesus um, responded that strongly was because he really struggled with dying. He did not want to die. He knew how hard this was going to be. And when Peter said that, I think there was a part of him that wanted to believe it and affirm it. Mm -hmm. And when he, that probably scared the heck out of him. And he yeah. just said, yeah. get behind me, Satan, because God has called me to fulfill this mission. And you just made me think, maybe twitch just for a moment. Maybe I shouldn't. Mm. You know, and it stuff say, like Bible that. The Bible does say God, Jesus was tempted just like we were. In so every way. Real, yeah, in yeah. every way. And did not sin. Yeah. And so, yeah, you know, so I think there's ways where we can do it better. But, you know, part of, I think, being a healthy person is that confrontation just has to be a normal part of it. And if and if you, here's, there are some people that, that actually, I don't know if they like it, but they have no problems with it. Why? Because they're an a-hole. <laughs> and they just will hurt you. I was actually going to say that. Yeah, if you if you don't mind it and you just don't care about hurting people and you just, boom, you just let them have it, there's something really deeply wrong with you <laughs> that you need to get yourself checked You're out. Uh, you are an abusive leader, an abusive person. And that's not good. And that's not going to fly, all right? And part of the reason why you do that is because you are so, you know, intimidated uh, yourself that you want to hurt the other person before they hurt you. You know and stuff, and 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 I think you struggle even more with a lack of identity to who you are because if you really knew who you are, um, you would approach it with a lot more compassion and love than with a lot of anger and hate or whatever what you do. So, any event, yeah. Yeah, I so, think you just have to think about. I think a question that kind of simplifies it all for me, at least, is to think if I have something that I really need to get off my chest or I really feel like I need to have a conversation about you know, it helps to think about what is, what is the end goal here? Like, what is it that I want out of this? And if the answer is just, I just want to stop being so angry. I don't yeah. know if that's really helpful. It's usually is, is this, if, is this something that's going to helpful, helpfully positively impact our relationship? Or yeah. is it something that's going to positively impact the person? Mm. You know, those are usually good kind of flags that say yeah. you're on the right track. Yeah. Um, because sometimes you're right. Like those, a lot of people, they don't give a hoot what the other person thinks or how they feel. Yeah. And the confrontation is all about them, yeah. you know, whatever they want to say in that moment. And that is also not healthy 
confrontation. Just yeah. because you don't avoid it doesn't necessarily mean it's healthy either. It yeah. can be an extremely unhealthy confrontation if you just com confront every single person without ever thinking about, yeah. you know, the after effects or what the goal is. Yeah. You know? yeah. So it's both sides is bad. No, I agree. Unhealthy. I agree. And listen, I want to encourage you if you're listening and maybe you have really, um, I don't want to say mastered, but you're really good at confronting. And it's really helped you to go deeper in your relationships with other people. And so I mean, you have some really good advice for us. Would you please share that with us? Uh, respond, you know, write us an email because we'd love to share with our audience because if there's some great nuggets of wisdom that you possess that you have that's really helped you over the years uh, to confront people, especially those that you really care for, I think it's really important that we share that with our audience so that they can also learn that and they can impl implement that in their lives as well because I think that's really key. So let's make this interactive. Um, if you've had a confrontation that's gone really wrong and it's really scarred you deeply we'd love to hear from that as well and, and hopefully we can respond to it so we'd love to hear from you but yeah we shouldn't run away from confrontation we should we should try our best and if we love somebody and we value the relationship to do our best to actually confront people because if we don't then i think we're just going to live our lives just in a very superficial uh way in, in our relationships and i don't think that's healthy right so uh, that's not a healthy place to be no that's a rhetorical question, right? Yeah, it's a rhetorical question. Okay. I was hoping you would say no. no. Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> All right, so Sue, I'm just going to give you full permission, even on air. If you need to ever confront me about something, feel free to confront me. You know I do. Okay, good. Especially good. now good. that I'm not even, especially now that too. I know you're not going to fire me. You can't fire me. <laughs> I can totally say whatever I want. You know, uh, before it was still oh, kind of like, man. well, my livelihood kind of depends on whether Pastor Peter well, likes me or not. But now you, I'm, no. I'm free. What are you going to do? Fire me from right. podcasts? Who's going to be every single other thing for you? You know? uh, there's no way I could fire you from the podcast because you are the podcast too. So there's no way it's impossible. So there's no way. But you can anyway. be, you can take the pastor side. I guess I'll just be the weak. I'll be weak yeah, and you'll be go. the pastor. <laughs> Anyway, yeah. So, hey, everyone, I just want to thank you all for listening. Um, if you have any questions or feedback and, and uh, about this episode, particularly in the area of confrontation, again, we'd love to hear from you. Get on our website, weakpastor.org. Feel free to share, uh, like us on Facebook, Instagram, and uh, we'd really be thankful. So have a great day. We'll talk to you next week. Bye. Bye.